Every year, whether we want to be reminded or not, an ideal image of love is thrust upon us with the celebration of Valentine's Day. Ever since 1913, when the Hallmark Company started selling Valentine's Day greeting cards, the holiday has never been the same. However, one of the symbols of Valentine's has been around since the beginning and isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Take aim and let it fly. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, will you be mine? Love is in the air, Brian. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to be as vague as possible. (laughs) Brian, I'm always yours, man. When it comes to podcasting, I am always yours. But when it comes to love, my heart is taken. Oh, well, uh, that, you passed the test. You win. Good job. (laughs) Uh, so this Valentine's Day, we thought we would uh, take a look at uh, kind of like the symbol of Valentine's Day. Um, but before we get to that, uh, how you been? What have you been up to? Oh, man, I, I'm pretty good. I uh, Last weekend, I went to a horror convention, which you don't really think about during Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. But But there was a slight tie to valentine's day because walking around at the horror convention well in addition to the likes of steve gutenberg and uh uh richard dreyfus kathleen turner and other random people um was also the minor do you know who the minor is do you know what that's from it's someone that's under 18 that's not allowed to see an r-rated movie <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's legit. That's funny. Um, no, the the minor I'm referring to is M-I-N-E-R mm. um, and is a character, the killer from My Bloody Valentine, which is a 1981 slasher horror movie. There's just, uh, there's just not enough of iconic slasher movies from modern day time that, that they can, they, they need to keep bringing these back because the ones nowadays that are coming out are not iconic at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we had talked about, we didn't really talk about it, but you asked if I knew what that was before we started recording. And I said, I picture a firefighter, right? And mm-hmm. you said, no, it's a minor. Uh, so something about it stuck with me, even though I've never seen it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good image. It's got great visuals of the, the, uh, like the respirator mask, mm-hmm. And then the helmet with the light on top of it. And he's carrying the pickaxe and mm-hmm. stuff. And he's all dressed in, in dark clothing. So I can see how that's really iconic. Even if you just catch like a glimpse of it, like it, it'll right. stick with you. Mm-hmm. Um, why why Steve Gutenberg at this horror convention? Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I think there's always like random kind of celebrities. Mm. But uh, yeah, Steve Gutenberg was, the re- was really the one that I was like, wait, why? Because Richard Dreyfuss, you know, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. It's. I mean, people will fight about whether it's a horror movie or not, but I can see how it could be classified as a horror it's movie. It's a horror movie. Whether I don't really think it is. Um, and then Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jaws is a horror movie. I'll go back. Yes, it is. But it's not a traditional horror movie that you think of when you right. think of horror movies. Because mm-hmm. you're mostly thinking slashers and that kind of stuff. Right. And then Close Encounters with the Third Kind is also not a horror movie, but it's got a kind of a creepy vibe to it. Mm-hmm. 
But and then Kathleen Turner was there because she was in that movie Serial Mom. I love that movie. It's and so good. A bunch of other stuff. I, you know, I forgot. That's a John was, Waters flick, right? I I think so. And yeah. I forgot she was in um, Roger Rabbit. Wasn't she Jessica Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit's a cartoon. I know, but didn't she voice Jessica? Wow, I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> I um, love that movie, and I have no idea. And then, but Steve Gutenberg, man, I couldn't put a finger on it. I guess it was just his a, career was I, murdered. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. <laughs> the Goot is great. Yeah. He was really nice, although he was wearing some pretty weird gloves, so he didn't have to touch people's hands. Really? Yeah. Is he a germaphobe? Uh, well, I can't really fault him at, at the, stuff like this because. It is, you know, flu season. Mm, the coronavirus is going around. And the coronavirus is going around. Um, I mean, not. That's, but then you just ask for uh, more upfront money for attending the convention. So I bought a, I bought a, an autograph. And I've sworn to myself that I wouldn't buy autographs from celebrities anymore. But there was one celebrity I was like, it's now or never. <laughs> I'm going to get, if I don't get it, I will regret it for the rest of my life. Right. So there's a man, a gentleman named Rico Browning there. Do you know that name by chance? No. I'm sure you don't. Mm-mm. He is the last surviving original Universal Monster. Oh, wow. He was the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Um, there were multiple creature from the Black Lagoon actors. Uh-huh. He was the one that did all the cool stuff because he was the swimmer. He, did, he was all the underwater scenes mm-hmm. and stuff and wore the suit and uh, grabbed the bird and all kinds of cool stuff. He was, uh, you know, he's over 90. Mm-hmm. So he was seated in a wheelchair and he had a prominent sign in front of him that said, fist, bl- fist bumps only, please. <laughs> uh, be careful of the flu. Mm. I, uh, I've been to where that was shot. Yeah. Uh, I think Florida, it, right? Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's around Tallahassee. I can't remember exactly where it is, but um, I have a movie poster from, the, from that place. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so bringing it back to Valentine's, the reason I brought up Days of the Dead again was because of the uh, that the miner was walking around. I really hate that I didn't get a picture of this guy because mm-hmm. he was he was to the nines, perfect. Um, and I also reviewed for the Roarbots a uh, Blu-ray collector's edition of My Bloody Valentine, the movie from 1981. It's crystal clear. It is great. And I was happy to review it because, you know, I don't fault you for not knowing My Bloody Valentine because Mm -hmm. I only just watched it last week for the very first time. So it's really, really weird that I just watched the movie and then like two days later I go and there's a guy walking around and then however many days later, here we are talking about it. I am surprised it's that old because I I guess I just didn't know about it when I was younger maybe, but I I must have seen it like on the shelves in rental stores for me to know that. But I like in my head that that's not an old movie. They did a remake of it. Oh, maybe like two thousand nine. It starred Jensen Ackles, the one of the Supernatural brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. So I mean, I was totally going to this blind. And if you haven't seen it, I, I I write in my review that I don't know if it's appropriate to phrase a slasher movie as this, but it's kind of quaint and endearing. <laughs> Um, yes there's a lot of murder and mayhem going on but um, you know it's a Canadian film it's Mm -hmm. very Canadian so he's like he acts as somebody he's like sorry oh sorry eh Um, your head fell off Um, no it wasn't that but like the whole the whole main point of the movie is that the town is coming together for the 
a Valentine's Day dance. It's just like so innocent mm-hmm. in its earnestness. And um, anyway, it, I'll save it for the for you guys to check it out. But it it is very Canadian. It's very dated. It's a pretty simple story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it. It's one of a. I think I read it was one of Quentin Tarantino's or his very favorite slasher movie. So mm-hmm. if you like slasher movies, um, the effects do not hold up. <laughs> the fashion does not hold up. There's an epic mustache. Hollis is a character. He looks like a young Wilford Brimley. It's fantastic. Well, something has to hold up because they did release the collector's Right, thing. right. So anyway, um, I got a review on the robots. Check that out if you're interested for more. Um, but what have you been up to, man? Uh, well, not a whole lot. My oldest daughter's birthday is uh, the day before Valentine's Day. Happy birthday. And, uh, and so just doing stuff with her and getting that ready and everything like that. Um, but I was thinking the other day about Valentine's candy. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, what, like what is your favorite Valentine's candy? So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the chocolates in the, you know, the Valentine's box of chocolate hearts. Mm-hmm. And I like the, I like the cream nougat kind, mm-hmm. you know, like vanilla cream mm-hmm. inside, orange cream, raspberry cream. That's my jam. I really don't eat those. There's not an occasion for me to like get a Whitman sampler in the middle of the year. So right. those type of candies are associated with Valentine's for me. When, when, um, I, so when I was a kid, I like, I like, uh, sweethearts, right? That's the, the one that says like, be mine and stuff yes. on it. Right. I used to eat those all the time during Valentine's day. Cause, and I, th- I don't think that I really liked them as much as that was the only time of the year that you really got them. Right. <laughs> but, well, it's trash candy, but it, trash candy is better than no candy. Right. So, me and uh, me and one of my friends, this had to be second grade, I think, something like that. We um we were sitting on. I had like a, a swing set in my backyard, and it was right next to the fence. And we were sitting on top, and we were eating eating them. And when there was a road behind our fence, and when cars would drive by, we would throw these candies at, at these passing cars. Oh my gosh! And. Uh, one person slammed on their brakes, like you know, we hit like the windshield or whatever, and they just slammed on their brakes, and so we jumped off and like ran and hid. <laughs> and I'll never forget like sweethearts got. I don't. I don't think I got in trouble. I don't think he ever found what house it was. You know, having to drive around to get into the neighborhood. You didn't break his window out, did you? I no. I doubt it. It's hard to break a windshield. Okay. And that's just candy. They're not rocks. <laughs> but I don't know. You tell that to my teeth. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I just been thinking about candy because you know this time of year you have lots of candy stuff. But M and M's, I don't you know I don't see a lot of commercials nowadays. But you know M and M's used to always have pink, tons of commercials, red, pink, and white mm-hmm. hearts, and you can print pictures on them and stuff like that. You know, what? they started doing that like ten years ago, I think. I don't know that. Um, but they like engrave like you send them a picture on the website and mm-hmm. then they engrave that picture and so you can be like a picture of you and your loved one. But yeah, well, so aside from the the M and M's color change Mm -hmm. and you know the the heart-shaped candy boxes from whitman's and uh whoever else there russell stover's and that kind of stuff and then the sweethearts Mm -hmm. and then reese's like they reshape their cups or they Mm -hmm. do a reese's heart now i think other than that are there any other like Halloween candies because it seems like at Christmas there's a lot of different yeah. kinds of candies. I feel like Sweet Tarts does something okay. like that they, they they didn't used to, but I think they do something now. I think they're riding on the Sweethearts bandwagon. I think hey, they try why to not? 
<laughs> Whatever works, right? Um, if you love chalk, we got you covered. <laughs> but ours tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, one time when I was a kid, we were going someplace, and I have no idea where this was. But we went to one of those candy factories, um, the heart-shaped box factories. And then you could just go, like, they had, like, a gift shop where it was just tons and tons. And it's probably, like, they were all discounted. And so it was probably, like, ones that didn't make it into the actual hearts. Mm-hmm. And so it, I feel like it was in the Midwest somewhere. Maybe either Iowa or something. But it was cool. Sweet, man. Well, are you a Valentine's Day fan in general? Hmm. Is that a, was that a big holiday for you when you were courting? Or when you're married, I mean, was that, were you looking forward to that? Were there big expectations? Uh, you know, I think that I always dread, I always dread gift giving Uh holidays. Uh, and I mean, nowadays it's every holiday basically, but, um, I don't know. I, I used to, I remember when I was a kid, I would always go out of my way to like give whatever girl I liked something, um, and so, like, whether it was, like, a necklace or some something, you know. Um, but I don't know. I really don't uh, – I don't really care about Valentine's that much. Yes. And it's it's nice now that I have a child that was born the day before. Oh, you uh, get because, to focus attention yeah, towards like, that. Look at that. It's birthday time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I am so thankful to marry the love of my life mm-hmm. because she gets me and we get each other. And that means that neither of us wants to celebrate Valentine's <laughs> Day. We recognize that it's just a kind of a made-up holiday to sell greeting cards. And um, to each their own, I won't fault you. But I'm so glad that m- my perfect Valentine's Day is like doing nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not doing nothing here on Wayback Attack. we got a great show today. We're going to be talking about Cupid. Go into a little bit of history of Cupid and talk about some famous cupids in pop culture, which is actually a harder task than we originally thought when we <laughs> conceived this episode. Shockingly difficult. <laughs> yes. So uh, we're going to go into the depths and reach in our quiver and hopefully pull out some winners. So let's go. I'm no mythology expert, so when the topic of Cupid came up, I had to go to the interwebs. But I did a little different, and I didn't go right to Wikipedia. (laughs) I found a Time Magazine article, and then you watched a YouTube video. So we're practically experts now, is basically what I'm saying. I watched a couple YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) But I I didn't finish any of them, and so I have a pretty good understanding of where Cupid comes from uh, and his story up until like some drama was about to happen and then blah 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 at the end and here we go um so we're we're gonna help you folks out who are listening to a podcast so that you don't have to go looking for a wikipedia or a time magazine article or a youtube video you get to listen to your expertise from a (laughs) podcast that doesn't really know what we're talking about but anyway cupid Long, long, long time ago, the original Cupid was more of a heartthrob mm-hmm. than a cherub. So I'm reading this portion from the Time Magazine article titled, Here's Cupid's History. Real, real quick. Yo. So if you know Cupid from the Marvel Universe, uh-huh. he looks a lot like 
the real Cupid. Okay. So we'll just say that. Uh, traced back to 700 BC, this character of legend was called Eros, the Greek word for desire. In the archaic period, Eros, the son of Aphrodite, the goddess of love, would play with the hearts of mortals and gods to cause mayhem. He is depicted as a young man in his late teens and considered both handsome and threatening as he was controlling and would use his power to make people fall in love. So that's a little bit different because that's not the picture that we normally think of as Mm -hmm. Cupid. But that's because when the Romans came around, their mythology took Eros and made him into Cupid, the son of Venus and Mars, god of war. And then society was changing, and the fact that uh, Cupid was controlled by Venus, he did her bidding, it made him his powers seem less than. Mm -hmm. And so to infantilize him more, he was depicted as like a cherub. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the cherub thing goes as the transition of... Uh, Greek to Roman. What, th- what's your what's your take on this stuff? I think the Greek, the Greek Cupid is way better. He's like way cooler, and and, and beefier. Yeah, like <laughs> and like he has a cool story about you know about him falling in love um, because he stabbed him or he injured himself with with one of his arrows. And is this the whole thing with Psyche? Yeah. Okay. So and and I just can't I just can't picture this little baby cherub guy doing anything cool like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh a lot of the imagery was helped in the romantic period in art too. Mm-hmm. You see those images, those little like baby angels mm-hmm. in all those renaissance paintings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um but now we're treated to just whatever little uh nude baby butted flying thing there is. Yeah, you know, the uh the idea um. Oh, well, actually, let me go back a little bit. So, in the Roman thing, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh my gosh! Okay. So, in the in the so the Roman Cupid does he have a bow and arrow and stuff and like shoot people? I'm going to uncertainly say yes. Okay, because like some of these pictures from like the art that was done back then does not really show him with weapons. Yeah, so, it says he would use his powers. He didn't yeah. say that they would use a bow and arrow. See, Eros was cool because he was the um he was the son of Oh, who was it? You said it earlier. Do you remember who it was? In what? Uh, Eros. Oh, Greek. Yeah. He was the son of Aphrodite. And I don't know. So what the reason he had a bow and arrow was because of whoever the other person was was the hunter. Who's oh. the hunter? Uh, I don't, why I didn't know this is gonna be a high school okay. mythology quiz. <laughs> I don't right. know. All right. Well, this is this week's game. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst right. podcast episode yet. <laughs> so, anyways, this the thing with him and Psyche is really cool because um, basically, uh, so he well let's let's go to Psyche. Psyche was the princess of the whoever the king was for wherever this place was, right? And Zeus? No, 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 no. She was human. She was mortal. Okay. And um, But she was beautiful, and she was the most beautiful person in the world, and people would actually travel to wherever this she lived to go and say that they looked at the most beautiful woman in the world, okay. right? And Aphrodite got mad about it. 
and didn't like that somebody else was stealing all of her thunder. So she got jealous. Yeah, and she sent Eros to go and um, and kill her or do something to her. He was going to stab her with a with an arrow, uh-huh. and he was so taken aback by her beauty, he accidentally stabbed himself or scratched himself uh. and then fell in love with her because of it. Oh. And so then he wanted to be with her, um, and she had, like, two evil sisters, and uh, they were being courted. Like, all three of them were being courted and stuff at the time, and um, Psyche couldn't decide what she wanted to do, and, and uh, the king was very proud of her because she was beautiful, but her other his other two daughters were not. And um, they he went to go – he found out about Aphrodite wanting to kill her. And so he went to the um, mystic lady of the town, and she said that that Psyche was going to marry a monster and that it would be the death of her. And uh, so she needed to go and, like, go be thrown off this um, – this cliff uh-huh. and so she gets she goes up there she's willing to sacrifice herself because something bad happened and they're like oh this is obviously this is foreshadowing what's going to happen and so we need to take this seriously and she was taken away and then at night eros would show up and she married or she married eros right but she didn't know it because he always kept it like he was always in the dark because he didn't want her to know who, who he was <laughs> this is a crazy story. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so, anyways, she went back to Earth. How long is this? Story? I, I'm almost done. I'm gonna oh my gosh! She went back to Earth because she missed her family, but she promised to come back because she loved him. She was in love with him, and her sisters, no one, they were all like, "You're like," cause she would like lived in this castle in the sky, like she lived like in the god with the gods, and they were like, "Ah, oh, you're full of it. You're lying." And she's like, "No, look, I'll t- I'll take you up there." So she takes her sisters with her, and they're like, "Wow, this is crazy." And and they're jealous of her, and so they're like, "Don't you remember what the what the mystic lady said that you're going to marry a monster? This is why he doesn't want you to see him. He's a monster, and he's going to kill you." And so they said, "Here, take this knife and kill him next time. Next time he comes." And so um, next time, so they went back to Earth, and then Eros came to her and was like, or he was asleep when she got home, and she like showed the lantern to see who he was because she was going to stab him. And when she saw him, she was like, "Oh, he's not a monster." But he woke up. It was like it. It was just like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so that he wakes up and sees her holding the knife over him, and he's he gets mad at her and says and leaves her. And then she goes, he cast her back down to to Earth, and it was this whole thing. All right, so send us an email, folks, and we'll send you a sticker that says, I survived the Cupid episode of Wayback Attack, and we'll also send you a degree that you can get for uh, certification for a collegiate studies class in medieval uh, Greek and Roman mythology. All all you need to know is Cupid is just like Star Wars. (laughs) That's the Cliff Notes version of it. Whoa. Well, anyway, I didn't know any of this stuff before I started looking into this episode. Um, all I knew was was basically what we're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. which is the stuff from pop culture. Um, and I, my mind had that there was more iconic imagery than there was. I would type in, like, I could have sworn that there was that there was a Save by the Bell episode where there was a Cupid, mm-hmm. like one of the guys. Read. I would type in Save by the Bell Cupid, nothing. I would type in. Uh, retro commercials with Cupid. Nothing. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything. Um, but we found a few. 
And uh, let's dive into some of those. Oh, but before we do, because this is way back attack, we talk about the modern influences and stuff. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the trailer for the 2019 or maybe even 2020 movie Cupid? I have seen the trailer. Okay. Does this live up to the legend that you just (laughs) described to me of your... Hmm. Well, uh, it's high school kids. uh Uh-huh. And so... I could believe that they were probably teenagers, Eros and Psyche. Okay. So this is uh, a horror movie called Cupid, and it's a low-budget horror movie called Cupid. Boy, it looks bad. Ooh. Woof. It is not good. And I like, you know, I like the idea of taking Cupid, this cute little baby with wings and a bow and arrow and making it evil looking, but it's not the first movie to do that. Right. And I just don't know. uh... Here's the description of Cupid. This Valentine's day, Cupid is shooting straight for the heart. I don't, why what what's with the ellipses for this? It's unneeded. (laughs) It's unneeded. Writer director Scott Jeffrey presents the horrifying true story of Venus and Mars's offspring. Everyone knows the legend of Cupid, but do they know his dark side? After being horrendously embarrassed by the mean girls at school, Faye, a practicing witch, summons the evil Cupid to take revenge on all those who wronged her. On Valentine's Day, Cupid does in fact rise and will stop at nothing until the walls are covered in blood. The students must figure out a way to stop Cupid and undo the spells before their hearts get broken. Very literally. It's on DVD and digital February 11th from Uncorked entertainment so i didn't realize that these kids because you know it's a modern school uh-huh. i didn't realize that these were witches and stuff in, in the trailer dude this uh a certain type of person would love this you know this is one of those it does have a pretty interesting poster right mm-hmm. so the the people i imagine to watch these types of movies are the pe- same people who would be okay when they would go to the video store mm-hmm and they'd be looking for Transformers. Yeah. And they'd see that movie called Transmorphers mm-hmm. and go, eh, good enough. <laughs> or people that are going to search that out like Sharknado and stuff. So because you showed me that and I went, oh, that's like someone that would watch Sharknado would look at this and go, oh, this looks terrible. Let me watch it. Uh-huh. I realized why Gutenberg was at the horror convention. Why? He's in that that arachnid, the law of spider. Oh, He's he's in those movies. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The lava spider thing or whatever. Oh, my God. Lava Lantula? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. He's in those movies. Is he? Horrible. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Sorry. But, like, it just made me think of it. Well, anyway, uh, maybe we'll... Uh, I don't know that Cupid will be in the same level as Sharknado or mm-hmm. Lava Lantula because those movies kind of know what they're trying to be. Yeah. And the first 10 minutes that I watched this movie, it did not know what it wanted to be. Well, it looks like Twilight. Oof. I feel like even like the, um, the, they had just the, just the, not just the way it was shot because I, I didn't see the movie. I just saw the trailer, but like the, uh, um, oh, what's it called when you have a tent to it? Like a blue tent or whatever. What? You know, a filter. When you like like the colors of the filters uh-huh. that they're using on the lenses in these movie in uh-huh. this movie, like like seeing it, I thought, oh, this is like Twilight. I get so many pitches for horrible movies, I can't even tell you how much. But let me tell you this: one of the things that I've realized because I've watched so many of these bad movies, mm-hmm. 
a thing that'll make a movie good versus a movie that's is bad. Mm-hmm. Number one thing is lighting. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, like, yes, of course you need story and it needs to be compelling. But when you look at a crappy movie, mm-hmm. the lighting is horrible. It does not look like a professional grade movie. Well, that's all. It's all about professionalism. Yes. It can yes. be. It can be a, a crappy movie as long as it's professional. Yeah. Well, anyway, so hey, check it out or don't. But topically, this movie is right up your alley with Cupid. <laughs> It'll be a bloody Valentine this year. We switch places. I'm from another world. And you know, it'd really help if you stood up to the sovereign yourself sometime. Oh, it is times like this I regret the fact that I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Look, if the Hercules here is the same as the Hercules back there, then he can't be all bad. I'll just have to appeal to that part of him that's hidden deep inside. I'll be forever grateful. Wait, 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 wait. Who's the god of war around here? No, 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 no. Don't even think about him. The last thing we need around here is that maniac Cupid showing up. All right, so for my uh, my first Cupid, right, because uh, we're going to talk about uh, Cupids that uh, made made an impact in their world. <laughs> so my first Cupid is from Hercules, The Legendary Adventures of. Okay. Did you ever watch these shows? I, they were not up my alley. Uh, it looked a lot like Xena Warrior Princess, and I was not a Xena fan. It, it, it was before Xena. Okay. And she was in the first season, and then they spun her off her own show. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those things where, like, didn't it come on either Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon? It was, like, one of those things where if it was on, I guess I could watch mm-hmm. it, but it wasn't my first choice. Okay. I don't remember... W- I don't remember what channel I watched it on or what time USA. of day. It was a it very was probably, USA yes, show. Uh-huh. Uh, but I love this show. It okay. was great. Um, and there's tons of like crazy, awesome actors that were in this show. Um, Before they hit it big, I hope. Yeah, Ryan Gosling was in the show. All right. Uh, like there's just tons of people. I don't – the the list of actors in the show is, is like way too long. But um, the specific episode that I want to talk about uh, is called Stranger in a Strange World. And um, basically, uh, Hercules is. It starts off with Hercules and uh, Aeolus fighting some people in one of Ares's uh, temples, and Ares shows up, and they get in a big fight. Uh, this explosion happens outside. This portal opens up. Aeolus runs into it, and this this other Aeolus comes running out that is in a jester's outfit, and he's terrified when he sees Hercules. And it's because this other world is like the like the opposite of what the regular world is. Uh, so in this other world, evil Hercules and evil Xena. Oh, is this the one where evil Hercules? You can tell he's evil because he has a goatee. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not just like that. Like that, it's evil Xena also has like Cleopatra hair, like uh-huh. very sharp bangs and everything. It's it's very good. Um and then the opposite happens to Ares. So 
Ares in this other world has no facial hair because he is now Cupid. Him uh, and Cupid are, are, are uh, swapping spots. So Cupid is now the god of war and Ares is the god of love. And so um, in Aphrodite in the show typically is very scantily clad. And in the evil world or the opposite strain in the strange world, she is very prudish and uh-huh. like very like at one point Hercules says, you should sew some more skin or something like that. And she's like, please, I would never. <laughs> and so, uh, but this show is great. And this particular episode, um, Sam Ramy's brothers in it, Ted, Ted, Ted Ramy, uh, because Sam was one of the producers on this episode. Um, I already said Xena is also in this episode. Lucy Lawless. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I feel like there was another cameo or not cameo, but oh no, I thought, I thought Bruce Campbell was going to play his character in this, uh, in this episode, but he wasn't in it. But, um, basically if someone dies in the, in the strange world, they die in the real world too. And Zeus is dying because Xena in the strange world has poisoned him. And so, Aphrodite has agreed to marry evil Hercules so that they can, because he promises to cure Zeus if that happens so that he can become a god. And, uh, and so craziness ensues, but this Cupid, Ares is Cupid is awesome. Listen, people fell asleep through your description of what's <laughs> happening in this episode, but I'll just tell you this. Brian wanted to bring this topic up because I have witnessed this episode and this is Beefcake Cupid. Oh, it's so good. And there's a part where he, <laughs> the, like, there's this huge fight going on, and he is just, like, like swaggering through this fight and just, like, pointing at people, and then they fall in love and, like, stop fighting. It's he so looks good. like a male stripper yeah, uh-huh. that you call, and he puts down a boombox and starts dancing. <laughs> it's so good. He's, all, he's in all white clothes, <laughs> uh, like a handyman or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, he's he's Cupid. Yeah, it, you know, Hercules was a weird show, anyways. Like, there's a lot of tongue in cheek stuff with like going on in the show. But this episode in particular is just like above and beyond. Like, there's like cartoon sound effects, like when certain <laughs> things happen, like like a I I I and like stuff like that, you know. And then, <laughs> you do that really, really, really well. By the way, that was not a sound effect for those. Let's see, that was Brian with with his mouth. <laughs> but the. Uh, uh, you know, I, this this episode is, is very good. And unfortunately, it's next to impossible to be able to watch this if you want to, because the only um, the only season of Hercules that's available on anything is the first season. How and, many seasons were there? Oh, there was like seven, I feel like. Wow. I always feel like there's more seasons than, than there really was. But I, I used to have this entire um, – I used to have this entire show – on dvd and so um it may have just been super long because they're like hour-long episodes it was only on for four years oh 111 episodes though it felt like seven seasons 100, though. 111 episodes that's a lot that is a that's lot. 111 hours of the show wow so um but yeah like uh i i love this episode there are um there are ways for you to see it if you if you google uh, Hercules stranger in a strange world. Uh, one of the, there's like a thing where you can just watch it and someone has done God's work and, uh, put it up available mirrored. Luckily mm-hmm. the speed is not altered because, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> people do that to avoid algorithms, but, um, but you can, you can check it out and I highly recommend that you do. So does Cupid ever make another appearance on the show or is this the only time? 
that we see get to see Cupid. Actually, yes, Cupid is in this show, and he's not only in Hercules, but he's also in Xena Warrior Princess. Um, I want you to guess who plays him. I will say he is a blonde beefcake, and I'll show you a picture of him because you can't see his name here. But check out that picture, and who do you think that is? Oh, my God. Is that Carl Urban? That is Carl Urban. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Dude. <laughs> There's so many famous people on this show. That was the dude in the white? No, that's because the, the dude in the white was Aries. Oh. And so, um, but yeah, so Cupid is in the show normally. But in this particular episode, Cupid is played by Aries because of the strange world. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, the guy I thought we were, I was looking at was, I thought he was Cupid, but he was someone else. Well, he was Cupid in The Strange World. Okay. This is way confusing to me. <laughs> All I need to know is that <laughs> Carl Urban... Is normally Cupid. Is normally Cupid. And uh, he still looks like a stripper. I'll say yes. that. So <laughs> I was right about one thing. So Carl Urban was the god of war in that universe. Okay. So Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if I'm up for 117 hours of Hercules, but I might be up for one or two more to check it out. Nice. Whoa. That outfit is quite a fashion risk. (laughs) Listen, Wallace. This costume represents Cupid, the Roman god of love, a mythological beneficent spirit who shot arrows of passion and a glory such after to bring two mortal hearts together. (laughs) Now, don't you feel like a total yes? Yeah, but at least I don't look like one. So when you think of Cupid, mm-hmm. one image that does not necessarily come immediately to mind would be that of Steve Urkel as Cupid. But that is the case in Season 3, Episode 18 of Family Matters, A Brokenhearted Valentine. Have you seen this episode? Uh, I probably saw it at some point back when the show was on the air. Um, but I, I have seen parts of it recently. Yeah. Um, I, I will say um, too much pink. <laughs> yeah. Pink wig, pink skin suit, um, purp- uh, red-hearted boxer briefs mm-hmm. on top of the skin suit, um, and then fuzzy arrows. This is one of the ones that I did actually remember from a kid when we thought of this concept this was one of the ones that I was like, oh, well, there's the one of Urkel. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, <laughs> that's the only one that actually came true because everything else of like Saved by the Bell or whatever ones. No, my memory was faulty. But this one was real. And of course it's real because Steve Urkel, one of his enduring bits is that he is always, always, always trying to win over the heart of, Win- of Laura Winslow, mm-hmm. much to her chagrin. And uh, he he rarely, if ever, achieves that feat, especially on the early episodes. But he thought he could do what he could and dress up as Cupid and, and sling his arrows with, uh, with some poetry and, and try to win her over. But no, she does not take the bait. Instead, she goes for creepy, perv Daniel Wallace. Yeah, but Daniel Wallace had cool hair. Well, he did have some cool hair. He had, what do you call it when they shave the lines? He had lines. People still and, do that. Yeah, but... Like not this low in in Gainesville they do their they do those lines on their eyebrows. Oh, I've, yeah, that's I, I've I've seen the light that the eyebrow lines before, 
But this was not I don't remember people in the in the 90s having just the the singular one on either side right above the ear. I want to what I had a friend who had the like the 3 or 4 uh-huh. in the side and that uh-huh. was really cool. But this guy had some really big gaps on the they, side. They were a little too wide. A little thick, yeah. right? But anyway, so she chooses to go on a date on Valentine's Day with the unsavory Daniel Wallace and completely ignores Steve Urkel, who then takes a vow of celibacy and dresses like a monk. <laughs> anyway, good episode. Some genuine laugh-out-loud moments. Family ties... Uh, not family ties. <laughs> family Matters is a... Uh, is an underappreciated gem, I think. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, you said that he doesn't, he doesn't get the girl, but he does in this episode. Well, yeah, how for a, a total of five seconds? <laughs> <laughs> it was the at by this point, it was the best five seconds of his life. That's right. He says, <laughs> "Thanks for the memories, babe." Um, really good stuff. Um, yes, Family Matters as a show, it was hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And I know people got tired of Urkel, and but Jaleel White, Urkel, he was really good. Yeah, and you know they he he was able to show a lot of range in that show mm-hmm. with Stefan Urkel, uh-huh. uh, and then um, didn't he do like a robot thing also? <laughs> that was not him. That no. was Boogaloo Shrimp as <laughs> Urkelbot. Okay, I know way too much about Family Matters, <laughs> but uh, oh, did you hear? They just tore down the Family Matters house. Oh, really? Yes. Where was it? it I think it's in Chicago. Okay. It takes place in Chicago. They do a big aerial shot, pull mm-hmm. out of it. Um, yeah, they bulldozed it to put in some weird like McMansion kind of thing. It sucks. When you say that, are you talking about a big McDonald's? No. Oh. <laughs> you, you live outside Atlanta. You should know what a McMansion is. That, that's I, like All I could picture was this like really super fancy McDonald's. No, but Rock and Roll McDonald's is in is in Chicago. Really? Well, yeah. maybe they'll expand. Maybe. But anyway, right now for this episode, best thing to come out of Chicago is the fictional <laughs> Urkel dressed as Cupid. Check it out if you can. It's on Amazon. $1.99 gets you that episode. Season 3, episode 18. Buster! You shot me last year, and look what happened! Tied down! No more fun! Now look at me! A has-been! A hen-pecked duck! A Kansas back casting over! And it's your fault, you bareback bandit! So beat it, bub. Take a powder. Urkel's great in everything, but he does not compare to the American pastime or the American classic of Looney Tunes. No, hands down. Uh, my favorite Looney Tune is the target of my next Cupid. Okay. All right. So, uh, the stupid Cupid is the name of the episode. Uh, where Elmer Fudd is Cupid, and he's going around and shooting different animals. Um, there's kind of a dark scene where he makes this dog fall in love with this cat, and the cat uh, goes through its nine lives because it's <laughs> uh, purposefully, yeah, purposefully yeah. because it's shocked by it. Um, but 
he finally comes across Daffy Duck. And Daffy Duck was the target of Cupid previously. And so Daffy Duck is upset about that because uh, Cupid made him fall in love and get married and have kids. And he was very upset about it. And so Cupid hits him again. Daffy goes and uh, falls in love with a chicken. <laughs> and the chicken has a has a husband that's a rooster. And the rooster's very upset about it. And so he has to plead his case with that rooster to, to get him to let him go. The rooster lets him go. Daffy leaves. He's mad. He's going to hunt down this Cupid. And Cupid shoots him again. And so Daffy runs back in and starts kissing the chicken again. And then uh, and then it's just all downhill from there. <laughs> Can I let you in on a little secret of Looney Tunes for me? What's that? I always liked Daffy better than, du- than uh, Bugs. Yeah, Daffy was the best. Daffy was the best, hands mm-hmm. down. The... um. I just I I love how the way that he reacts to things and like the quick like like they use a lot of choppy motion with him a uh-huh. lot of the times. Uh, I just always thought that that was hilarious. That it was hilarious. Um, but here, Elmer Fudd as as Cupid, as Cupid mm-hmm. was it's it's spot on casting. That's, mm-hmm. I mean that's that may have been one of the first things. You're like this character. What can we do with him? Oh yeah, he definitely looks like Cupid. Yeah, we should we should put him in something. And luckily, it was it was after they had moved away from like the kind of realistic dumpy old. Oh, man. the dumpy. Yeah, he looked more like Wimpy from uh-huh, Popeye. Uh-huh. That, yeah, that was a weird weird stage. I'm very glad yeah. they they moved into the the, the more when memorable. You, yeah, when you think of Elmer Fudd, yes, this think, is the Elmer yeah, Fudd you think of. Yeah, and so, uh, but it's it's great because you know they're it's playing music. Uh, which actually I have a question for you that I don't know the answer to, um, but Mary Melodies, mm-hmm. right, is the Disney one. No. Or that's Looney Tunes? Yes. What was the Disney one? Silly Symphonies. Silly Symphonies, uh-huh. right? So that's just like Looney Tunes, yes. right? So what what was the deal with that? Was it just the because the records that they would make? I have no idea. Oh. I'm not, I wish I was more encyclopedic with that knowledge. But no, I, I mean, I know they use full orchestras to score these things, mm-hmm. though. But uh, hey, I liked I liked Looney Tunes better than I did Silly Symphonies. Mm-hmm. And um, I, this is an all time classic. Yeah. If if you know the answer to that, shoot us an email because I, I've I've wondered that for a while. I've just never looked it up. But uh, but yeah. So like anyways, the 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 music's playing the dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And then Elmer Fudd does the. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is a very good introduction to Cupid in that episode. And, uh, you know, he goes through, he's very uh, serious about his work and he goes through and um, goes through some different, different types of bows and arrows uh, to, to accomplish his task. But, uh, you know, in the end, he does a good job. He makes things fall in love with things, which is what Cupid's supposed to do. It's an all time classic. Check it out. Hi there, happy V-Day. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Cupid, and happy Valentine's Day to you. Oh, don't call, don't call me Mr. Cupid, call me Danny. Danny. <laughs> and I'm so sorry that you're not in love. Why do you say I'm not in love? I don't think I could shoot an arrow through that. <laughs> Maybe a bazooka might get through that. <laughs> hey, Mr. Cupid, what is the, or Danny, what is the, Danny, origin, Danny. Danny, what is the origin of Valentine's Day? Well, Valentine's Day was named after St. Valentine, the patron saint of hickeys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I owe. <laughs> Win a million dollars. 
So my pick for Cupid, uh, my next pick, is Johnny Carson as Cupid. And, of course, that was our my horrible impression of Ed McMahon. But The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. I, in finding this clip, I was reminded that The Tonight Show was more than just an interview show and has a lot more similarities with the version we know now with Jimmy Fallon uh, than I remembered of doing live skits, mm-hmm. comedy bits, and more than just a interview and music act show. And Johnny Carson dressed up as Cupid is something I'll probably never forget now that I've seen it. Yeah, and can I say too much pink? Yeah, yeah, too much pink. <laughs> it's almost identical to, to Urkel's, but instead of a pink wig, he has a blonde wig. Yeah, this this seemed more like the fairy, uh, the forest land fairy version mm-hmm. of Cupid. Had a, like a little floral headband, blonde wig, um, fairy wings more mm-hmm. than like angel wings, mm-hmm. but full pink, full yep. on pink. A lot of straps going on too. It's a little mm-hmm. little weird. But um, Ed McMahon is offering up an interview with the with Cupid of old and asking him about his practice. Um, lot, you know, this is a very dated clip. I yes. think it's from 1980. They reference um. Liz Taylor, Lee Marvin, Bo Derek, um, a, a lot of different celebrities at the time, and and a couple of names I didn't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. But um, did you watch the Tonight Show growing up? I I I didn't watch it myself. I watched it probably like with my parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because when I think of the Tonight Show, and this probably goes along with what you're talking about, how there was more to it than just interviewing guests. Mm-hmm. I only really remember the interviewing guests and then, like, a comedian coming out and doing, like, a stand-up routine or whatever. But I think that's probably just because it was older Johnny Carson, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't, like, ancient when he retired, but right. he was, like, an older man. And I feel like at that point in his career, he wasn't doing this type of stuff anymore. Right, right. Uh, you know, obviously he was an, he's older, but still watching him in this clip, He's younger than I remember him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, he had blonde hair, not white hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, until I saw this clip, I had forgotten that they did skits. The only kind of skit thing that I remember them doing was when he did his great Karnak mm-hmm. routine yep. where he put on the Swami wig and did the, the predictions from the envelope. But, no, this is a lot more like Jimmy Fallon where he's doing skits with celebrities and being silly and, and just doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, Tonight Show for me, I was on the tail end of Carson. Mm-hmm. I did watch some, and I I specifically remember his very final episode because yeah. that was a big yes. deal. Mm-hmm. I remember Jay Leno doing guest spots yeah. before he became the full-on Tonight Show host. Um, And I remember a couple of specific episodes, which is really weird. I remember the episode with random Charlie Corsmo. I think we talked about this from the Dick Tracy episode mm. because Charlie Corsmo who played the kid in mm-hmm. Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he was on and he told a story about something or other and he was gifted a brand new Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so cool. But um, Tonight Show in and of itself, Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson, a true classic. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I really like remember watching a lot of when I was a kid was David Letterman. And then later on, Conan O'Brien. Um, but because have you ever seen the was it the talk show wars? I've I've seen late night. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. With about Letterman and Jay Leno. Leno. Uh-huh. Yeah. That 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 movie is awesome. It's it was good. like an HBO movie. Yeah, HBO makes some good movies, yeah. and they have for a long time. Yeah, and and so like, um, so like I try to like picture like when this was because I feel like so I I did you ever watch Smothers Brothers? Yes. And so did that come on before Carson? Oh yeah, like, it was black it was and like, white. Yeah, but well, but it was also color because. Um, because like when I was a kid, I loved Yo-Yo Man, and I used to, I always bought like just different Dunkin' Yo-Yos all the time. But like, I wonder if like that led into Carson or something like that. And so maybe that's when we watched it. But um, I don't know. I, I specifically, I do remember watching some Carson, but most of it was Letterman. So. Yeah, it was. It, a lot of this is before my time, and if you go and find this clip uh, of Carson, a lot of it falls flat. <laughs> the the hits are 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 fewer than the misses mm-hmm. let's say that which is a little odd for cupid but um still still charming and still funny to to look at and to watch welcome to video land wake up kid Icarus. Welcome to Castle It's Congo Land. Mother Brain will get you, little princess. Princess, the palace is under siege. Behold, the ultimate warp zone. Kevin, I thought I told you to clean up your room. So my last pick, it's technically an honorable mention mm-hmm. because this doesn't have anything to do with Cupid. But as a kid, I didn't know the difference, okay? <laughs> because when I was playing my Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. a little game called Kid Icarus, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't up on mythology. I mean, obviously, I'm still not up on mythology, as you heard from the earlier in the show, but... Uh, I'm playing a game, and it features a winged character that shoots arrows Mm -hmm. and collects hearts. So who else am I supposed to think it is but a version of Cupid? And so uh, Kid Icarus is my choice for honorable mention of Cupid, but not the video game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to 1989 through 1991 with 34 episodes of Captain N, the Game Master. This is a good um, runner, or not runner up, but honorable mention. honorable mention. Because when we came up with this, with this, the theme for this episode, I immediately went there. There has to be an episode of Captain N with uh, uh, Kid Icarus as being uh, being Cupid, and but there's not oddly enough, or at least not one that I could find. Well, it's because he already basically is Cupid. But I was really shocked to to not be able to find any other like video game or like this is very classic arcade game mm. concept I would think uh for a, a a Cupid type character, but no. 
Well, the the problem with it is Cupid doesn't kill things, right? He makes things fall in love, and so it's hard <laughs> to make that into fun gameplay unless like you're you're trying to like cause mayhem by making people fall in love with Hey, it worked for Pac-Man. They meet. <laughs> yeah. They kiss. They have kids. Anyway, Captain N and the Game Master. This is one that um, I loved. It was so weird, the mismatch of characters they chose. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo already had kind of a stable of stars. Um, we had Super Mario Brothers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for them to pull these characters, which are Captain N himself, mm-hmm. Kevin Keen, which he was fine. I like that they... Uh, had the big Nintendo in on his jacket. Yeah, the Letterman jacket. That was yeah, awesome. That was a good touch. And that he used the zapper yeah. as his weapon. And and his belt buckle was the controller. I always thought that like to this day I still think about I wish I had that that like that power that he had. Uh-huh. Do you remember his power? No. So the controller was an NES controller and uh-huh. it was his belt buckle, right? And he could pause the world. He if he hit like a direction on the D pad, he would like dash that direction or whatever. Um, and so, like, the, the controller worked in the game world. Oh, yeah, so. I do remember that mm-hmm. now that you mention it. That's really cool. I, I've, that would be a really easy costume to dress up as. Yeah. Um, but very few people would probably <laughs> get it. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of people would if you, get I it. I guess if you go to the right spot, maybe at, <laughs> maybe at a convention or something. Um, Princess Lana. Now, was that – she's not from the mm-hmm. – like, she wasn't from a game or anything, right? No, she was just from this world. Just from the show, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but you know, here's where it gets into the good stuff. Simon Belmont from Castlevania. He looked very, 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 very different than what I saw on the, the box art for Castlevania, but I'm just happy to have Castlevania brought to life in, in a cartoon format. He was a great, uh, break from the gritty drama with his wacky <laughs> hilarity okay. he, he did not embody if you want like an actual belmont you should check out the netflix show castlevania okay yeah so <laughs> this is more batman and robin mm-hmm. as compared to uh heath ledger's the uh joker right mm-hmm. okay yeah i got it um but they also had other you know nintendo characters in the show mega man they had king hippo from uh, Punch Out, Donkey Kong would show up, and even Link and Zelda would show up. Um, you were telling me earlier you loved the Game Boy? Yeah. So Game Boy was in the show also, and he was voiced by Frank Walker. Was it an was it an animatronic? Like, did the... I don't remember Game Boy at all. It did it walk floated. around? No, I think it floated. Okay. Yeah, Frank Walker did everything back in the day, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say... Frank Walker has a great voice. He does. But the voices of these people on the show were so bad. Mega Man talked like this. Right? Oh, yeah. But I'll tell you, so one one voice that was amazing was Mother Brain's voice. Yes, I love Mother Brain. D- did you recognize that voice at I, all? I don't know who, who it is. Okay, dude, we can go down a whole thing, but... Mother Brain talk like this. <laughs> oh, please, baby. Oh, baby, no. <laughs> Um, because Mother Brain is voiced by Levi Stubbs, who, if you don't know that name right off the bat, if you've seen um, Little Shop of Horrors, mm, he played too. Audrey too. Mm. But bef- but that's, these are his only voice roles. <laughs> Before that, 
He was the lead singer of the Four Tops. Oh, wow. Who played such hits as uh, as this. But we're not here to talk about Levi Stubbs as much as I'd like to have a whole podcast devoted to Levi Stubbs. <laughs> um, we're talking about Kid Icarus. So Kid Icarus obviously looks very much like Cupid. Totally not Cupid, but still. Um, he's got a big inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. Worried about his height. Little Napoleon Napoleon issues. Um, voiced here by Alessandro Giuliani who folks may not recognize that name. I sure didn't, but when I looked on IMDb, I recognized, oh, well, he uh, he played Dr. Felix Gaeta on Battlestar Galactica for the entirety of the run, so people have seen him around. And now you get to look at that show and say, well, that guy played Kid Icarus Did on he... one of the greatest shows of 1989. I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. Does he say, like, uh, since he's a doctor, we'll just say, you have this thickest diseases. <laughs> does he talk like that in that too? No, he does not say oh. that. It is uh, crazy, craziest Maximus. <laughs> no. So, yeah, so that that's just in like in line with like annoying voices in the show mm-hmm. is is just the way that he speaks. The if if King Hippicus sits on me, I'll be Squasicus Maximus. Look, hey, <laughs> looking back on it now, it doesn't hold up that well, but. As a kid, this was actually really good and was better to me than some of the earlier video game cartoons that yes. we got. Uh-huh. Like some of those early, early 80 ones, they were really, really bad and they were just reaching. This one actually had some good plots, um, some fun animation, interesting characters that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my honorable mention to close out the show. Well, I'd like to thank you (laughs) for listening to the show. Um, You know, I know I say it every week, but it means a great deal to us if you would, uh, you know, like and subscribe, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) if you would, uh, you know, just leave some feedback, let some people know uh, about about the podcast, um, I would greatly appreciate it. Hey, I know earlier I asked you to also please shoot us an email uh, about um, Mary Medley's and Looney Tunes. Silly Symphonies. And, so, yeah, if you, if you know this stuff. Um, so you could do that at uh, waybackattackshow at gmail.com uh, or um, you can just hit me up straight up on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. Preston, where can people find you? I'm at Squared Stiff on Twitter and Instagram and the show is wayback underscore attack on Twitter. You can, you can message us there. Um, or or the email, like Brian said, and um, we're you know happy to do shows. You can check us out every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back next week with a fun show about video game movies because hey, 
the Sonic movie is coming. Finally. Yes. <laughs> In all of its visual effects glory. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wayback Attack. It's been fun. We'll see you next time. Yeah.